1: on stories of the supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? I'm good. As you've seen in my last two shows, I was still getting over the last of my well on the farm and having no water for three days so I'm totally recovered let me tell you something something that we many times overlook is the ability to turn on a faucet and get water whenever we want not only for ourselves but for our animals and everything so yes I am back in like I'm I'm in happy mode you know, like I said, we're, we're very lucky and sometimes we just forget how lucky we are. But anyway, today I have a super, super interesting guest. I know you're all going to love it. This is a lady by the name of Carolyn Corey. Now, Carolyn is a futurist, a filmmaker, an international speaker and visionary author of best-selling books on consciousness and quantum healing. As a child and throughout her life, uh, she has always been deeply connected to spiritual topics, the study of consciousness, mechanics of the universe, and the discovery of the divine. Now, also, in addition to writing and producing, she has appeared as a guest expert in numerous live and television shows, uh, uh, including Seasons 9 and 10 of History Channel's popular series Ancient Aliens. She also, uh, as a film documentary by the name of E.T. Contact, They Are Here, or also known as God's own among us, the science of contact, which I think is such a fascinating subject. But before we get into that, let me bring Carolyn on. How are you doing today, Carolyn?
2: Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having
1: me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Totally. Uh, Carolyn, before we get into the subject of your present work as an adult, I'm gonna ask you what I ask all my guests. I know you mentioned uh, as far as that, that you had a, a connection as since childhood with spiritual matters, was that just something innate in you or did you have some type of experience as a child?
2: Uh, yeah, I had an experience as a child. You know, this um, uh, bio that you read mm-hmm. actually does not uh, explain the background before I started uh, writing and making films. Uh, it all started for me as a child having an experience, and uh, and the the most important I want to say um, important experience because I've had different ones, but the the, the most uh, impressive one I would say is okay. at the age of five. Um, I just it was a spontaneous thing. I was just there, and all of a sudden, um, there was this kind of light uh, body, some sort of. Energy that started forming, and it was uh, right there next to me. And um, we started exchanging information. I was literally uh, communicating telepathically with this thing. Wow. And yeah, and uh, so, and it was very natural, it was very familiar, it was very comfortable. So, because people say, Oh, were you scared or anything like that? Nothing like that. It was more like oh here you are (laughs) right
1: all children thankfully (laughs) have that ability because
2: yeah and so so what happened the reason why this experience is really I think the turning point or the starting point uh, it's because I realized that I could see them I could hear them I could sense them and I could understand everything about them in that split second in other words uh, I kind of knew who they were, where they came from, without them having to say, you know, like introduce themselves, you know, hey, we're this or that. So I realized also that I could see the subtle energy in a very unique way. Um, it's kind of like your brain doesn't work in the same way as it's working right now as a normal human where, you know, you you ask a question and then your brain kind of looks for the answer and then you look for the words and then you... It doesn't work this way. It's kind of like your whole brain taps into the consciousness of those beings. And it's as if, yeah, it's kind of like you become them and it's like a stream of consciousness that, that... kind of uh, brings both things together, so that you can understand um, exactly who they are, what they are, what kind of energy they bring, and communicate. And so the information was going back and forth in the form of codes. I could see little, tiny little codes that were kind of transferring from them to my brain, and my brain would kind of process those codes, and. and deliver the message. So, you can really, I mean, you can I
1: was, (laughs) let me ask you, I mean, was this, and I'm gonna ask you, was this just out of the blue? Was anything happening? I know as a five-year-old, you know, life is very simple sometimes and basic, but was there anything going on around you when this occurred as far as externally in your own life?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. That's a good, that's a good question because, you know, now that you ask it, I realize that uh, perhaps it's sometimes you ask for things, you know, unconsciously. So I wasn't necessarily, I mean, at the age of five, you don't know what you want. Mm -hmm. You don't don't let go. Oh, I wish there was an angel or something. Right, exactly. What, but well, I, re- I remember that what was happening. I was a very lucid and conscious observer. I remember looking around and kind of noticing how how adults were behaving, mm-hmm. and, and and it was actually that day was Christmas Eve, and oh. um, and so I was kind of observing how humans. I mean, like the adults in right. my life at the time were kind of occupied with like the tree and stuff and dinner and like you know festivities and stuff like that and i kept kind of wondering but where is the love i could not feel um, a sense of love i could feel i felt that i was looking for an energy behind all these festivities and activities and you know whatever right so I think that's what was happening. I think I was noticing that there was a lack of deep connection and love all around me. And so, and I'm not talking just my parents or anything, like right. just in general. And I think that, perhaps in my own way on an unconscious level was looking for something bigger and, right. you know. And,
1: and receptive to it, obviously. And then what happened? Did that happen again or?
2: Yeah. So, um. So at that time, I think the most important message or um, effect uh, that this experience had was that they told me that uh, they were part of the same stream of consciousness, kind of the same lineage, but I could feel that and sense that. It was very familiar. Mm-hmm. And they said that if you want to continue, we're going to be with you like the rest of life. But if you want to communicate, you have to focus your mind in a certain way, and uh, just like you're doing right now, they were kind of t- like walking me through the process as I was doing it, and they're saying you have to ask, you have to focus your intent and ask for this connection, and the communication will happen that way. So, uh, and so that was that, and so th- th- this connection kind of stayed, but not so. Obvious in this way, kind of. It was kind of like on and off throughout my, right. Childhood. Um, but I remember they would kind of pop up every time I had some sort of, you know, dilemma or like the okay. question. Or for example, fast forward to the age of ten, uh, I remember in school, um, I was in in a. In a catholic school and they were talking about in the catechism class or something you know they were mm-hmm. saying i remember the teacher was saying that humans will never reach god because it's you know it's just so beyond and right. um, you know she was saying like kind of give up almost you have to yeah. just
1: <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and i
2: remember i was i got so mad and i um just kind of got up and left the class. And I, oh
1: yeah. God, you gotta walk out.
2: <laughs> and I started to talk to the beings. You know, I said, What is the point if we're being educated that we can never reach um, our creator? And what am I doing here? And this is stupid. You know, I was like, kind of like. Right. And, and so I saw them pop up again and kind of explain certain things. And so, so these are the types of follow-up experiences that I had on and off until I was adult. And I realized that, oh, well, this is not as common. And, um, and then of course I started to explore, um, the mechanics of it. I was very fascinated by how did that just happen? How Mm -hmm. is it possible that one person can hear and see subtle energy and, get like downloads and, get, uh-huh. and speak telepathically and nobody around them has any clue how does that work okay. and so by me asking these questions I got into the whole topic of consciousness and so um, you know I started developing methodologies for how, you know the mechanics of, uh, of consciousness how each person what, how it what is consciousness how is it uh, what is the nature, what are the properties, what is the difference between your consciousness, my consciousness, somebody yeah. else's consciousness, how is it all connected, so on and so forth. And that was my work as an adult. You know, for like 20 years, I wrote books and lectured and, you know, taught people to do things that I could do and stuff like that.
1: I mean, Carolyn, I see you You referred to them as they. Was this like a collective they that all yeah. were there? Well, okay. Okay. It was
2: like it was like a group, and it was interesting because the numbers and the names—it's—it's it's, it's not at all like a human mm-hmm. thing. But um, they felt like seven or twelve beings okay. uh, as a group. But at the same time, it was one consciousness. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when I focused on them, it felt that there was thousands and thousands and thousands. So it's one of those things where it's not so linear. It's kind of depends. Right.
1: Focusing well, on that yeah. right and yeah and, and i know for us humans it's like what is it? Either was it one or was it a lot but i understand what you're saying as far as that it could be five seven twelve or thousands but they could still all have the ability to communicate at once with you and and be understood is what you exactly. were okay so let, did you ever tell your family your parents about what you were experiencing or you kept it to yourself
2: I kind of kept it to myself. Uh, I didn't. It, that was a good thing, I, I think, because I think if I started talking about it, and everybody would be like, "No, no, no, no you're crazy," you know, there's right, nothing. Right. Yes. I, yeah, like most kids, I think uh, right. I would have shut it off. So I kind of, and and I noticed that I, I was kind of an observer, like I said earlier, but wanting to understand you know how it worked before I spoke about it and so that's the reason why I didn't share I kind of took notes you know of mm-hmm. how I was feeling and how it all happened and and so I never actually said anything for the longest time.
1: Right it's almost like you, despite being a child you kind of had an idea of maybe it would be better if I just kept this to myself and and, and, and as a matter of fact that is the reason I asked because I've spoken to so many people that sometimes have some type of unusual experience along these lines as a child and when they tell their parents, some of them you know they're told it's your imagination uh, others yeah. unfortunately are told don't ever talk about that again. you know in other yeah. words, they're shamed out of the out of whatever it is that they experienced uh, so right. they learn to keep it to themselves but you know children have a lot of wisdom despite the fact that they're children so you know exactly. I'm not surprised that you made that decision. And as you, during all these years, uh, Caroline, that as you were growing up, like you said that at certain times you were able to communicate with them, did they ever give you an idea of why they were there communicating with you? Uh, Was it just for comfort or what, or did they tell you, we're going to let you know eventually why we're talking to you or why we're communicating with you?
2: Yeah, it, it was kind of an ongoing unfolding. It was okay. kind of like, uh, every time it was, um, I, I would see more of the information. So, so for example, I would say, well, how is it working? Like, how is my brain picking up some signals and others aren't, or something like that? And so I would kind of understand that the fact that they are connected to my consciousness it, it, it's kind of a resonance thing, you know, so I okay. was resonating, you know, so frequencies were matching whether, whereas other people's frequencies brain is not, it's like not mm-hmm. on the same wavelength. So so in other words, um, it was an ongoing unfolding of why they were there. One of the most important thing also to, to realize that, uh, you know, with this connection, is, is that everybody has the exact same connection? In other words, um, that was my particular lineage, uh, but you have the same kind of lineage with with your, you know, like uh, everybody on the planet has a lineage, mm-hmm. and and those beings, uh, you never uh, the connection is never severed. So let's let's say you come from the Pleiades. Let's say right. so. You know, you are part of a collective consciousness of of the Pleiades, and you have what I call a spirit family, a lineage, and so when you incarnate in this one body, Uh that connection is never severed, so they're always communicating with you, and there's a a very important reason for that, and and that's the reason also why some people communicate with Pleiadians, other people communicate with Arcturians, how Mm -hmm. come we're not all communicating with the same people? You know, like some people talk about greys and for the longest time I was like, what are they talking about? Like, you know, I mean, so, so, so what, so the reason uh, this happened is that you are meant to kind of open yourself back up to your individual lineage. And so by doing so, you are then bringing through your human aspect all that frequency, all that intelligence, all that consciousness in your human form. So I'd be bringing uh, this whole lineage and understanding and consciousness and frequency through my human aspect, through what I write, what I say, what I do, and you're doing the same with Pleiadian and the neighbors doing the same with Arcturian, so on and so forth. So if we are conscious about that, then we would be doing this more deliberately, and so uh, all of those frequencies and all this information would become part of the human okay. frequencies and understanding, and this is how we, we contribute to the evolution of the human uh, um,
1: species, if that now, makes sense. Let me add, and and I'm really curious about this because you mentioned it, as far as the lineage, are we talking because as, let's say, in human form, we've incarnated from the bank of souls that from whatever lineage or are they or are, are humans in some way derive actual physical lineage from extraterrestrials, from other planets, as mm. in the theory of being seated or uh, some type of hybrid, anything along or is it strictly just in a spiritual, a spiritual lineage?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's actually both. So yeah, so what happens is that, uh, like I said earlier, so everybody has a lineage uh, from their original place where they Mm -hmm. were seated. Everybody comes from a source, from the source, you know, like kind of the main consciousness of the entire universe, the hub, the heart, the mind, the cosmic mind. God, source, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. of this entire universe. Everybody's originally, if you will, from there. But then you kind of... This is where you're created as as a consciousness. But then okay. you are kind of seated in one location, you know, this uh, galaxy or another galaxy or this planet or that planet. And then you... you, you I mean, that becomes your your spirit lineage. And um, so, so there are... Certain beings who come to planet Earth, uh, like I just mentioned in my case, for mm-hmm. example, and you open up to that lineage to bring that information in human form. However, uh, there are also beings on the Earth that are the offsprings of other material beings, which is oh. what you, you just mentioned. Right. And so, so now imagine that uh, that you're from the Pleiades mm-hmm. and. I keep saying that. I wonder if
1: you are. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows. I'm sorry but my 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 pie chart doesn't go back that far. I'm laughing because you know I'm one of those that did the uh that um you know that you can get your ancestry done. But yeah. I mean, something, I would love to know if what the off planet stuff is, but anyway, yeah. go ahead.
2: Check the box that says, Palladium yeah, I know, well. <laughs> exactly. but uh, yeah, so anyway, like let's pretend that you then are part of the Pleiadians and then you come to the earth, but you're not here just to implant your lineage, but then that soul group is so advanced that there are. Um, they can create a kind of a hybrid um, consciousness that is half human, half uh, Palladian, you know, like different in different percentages. But you have to be advanced enough to be able to create another material species. Mm -hmm. So then Mm -hmm. this other um, uh, being that is also on the earth, maybe it's your neighbor for all we know, Mm -hmm. uh, they're not exactly doing the same thing as you because then their lineage is kind of... Um, a a mix of different things as opposed to you uh, coming straight from the blatant and straight kind of implanting that frequency, if that makes sense. So it ends up being different levels and different layers of combinations of DNAs and lineages and uh, and so on the Earth right now, there, there's a huge uh, percentage. It's a very high percentage.
1: In South Dakota, we're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide-open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com.
0: We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by RootMetrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks.
2: Of humans obviously obviously everybody looks human Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's about two-thirds of the humans that are not uh, totally organic like pure human if you will they're kind of yeah they're kind of a mix of this breed and that breed and this other breed Uh, doesn't mean it's good or bad it's just it's different yeah it's just different yeah
1: and how long did did they ever tell you how long they've been doing this? Is it because I know, um, you know, for example, you know, every time they discover some type of, you know, ancestor of man, you know, or in the link, but there's always they always say, but now we found something new. And there's always what you know, that typical missing link, you know, they have a lot of different theories, have they been doing this with humans from prehistory? Or are we talking more modern times?
2: Uh, you're talking about the ones that are creating a hybrid species within the right exactly actually um you know it's it's a more complex question but Mm -hmm. uh, I think just the simpler answer is uh, this has always been happening uh, since the beginning of time but more for a purpose of evolving the consciousness and more kind of in a subtle way is more about Mutating the current uh, human species to uh, like an upgrading, you know, like to keep upgrading right. it. However, about 200,000 years ago, um, this is a, a, a kind of a bigger story, but um, there were, I think there's a race that came to the Earth and other planets, by the way, it's not just planet Earth, uh-huh. and kind of, uh, I want to say, blocked it from the rest of the. Universe okay. and started to because you know the human species is very young, mm-hmm. uh, the young, very young planet, uh, compared with the universe, the rest of the universe, and so right. the, the human species is it's very, very young. So mm-hmm. these beings uh-huh. came and they kind of uh, blocked it from the rest of the universe and they started doing experiments in the beginning. It was just more of a curiosity. It's kind of like, oh, let's put this little baby in this room and not mm-hmm. feed it for 10 days and just see what happens, you know? like Right. You know? And then and then they were like, oh, well, look, the baby learned how to survive on its own 10 days. Well, let's push it. Let's try it 15 days and see. What, you know what I mean? Like They yeah. kept kind of pushing the game until mm-hmm. it became dangerously... Um, not so funny anymore, and mm-hmm. it started to kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of became uh, a prison-like kind of uh, experiment, because it, it went on for, you know, 200,000 years, and so right. they started to kind of Oh well, let's mix the baby with the dog um, DNA and see what that happens. And then that's You know what I mean? Like, let, So it was. There's. They started to have. Uh, to uh, They started to have, very uh, dangerously misguided and misaligned intents, with this game. And so. So that uh, you know, two hundred thousand years of this, then uh, you end up with a species that's kind of a bit messed up. Which yeah. you can look around and <laughs> yeah, and see the result of that. Yes. So, so obviously, I'm not saying that. There well, are no, no, and you
1: know what? You answered my question because you you know you were describing how there's different groups that whether it's a spiritual lineage or, you know, the 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 that the, there's actually some type of physical connection as far as, the type, and I was thinking. Are they all nice? Do they all get along, or are the, some of them very respectful? As far as, like you said, when they're engaging with humans, whether it's on a spiritual level or otherwise, or, or there's like what you just described. Um, how far, to use a very human term, can we push the envelope in yeah, this yeah. creation of, or you know, basically ha- putting their hand into the the mix of Developing either behavior or physical characteristics. Are they all nice? Do they all get along? Yeah,
2: no, exactly. So what started to happen, you know, some groups and some beings were like, whoa, wait, this is this is we're kind of playing God here. You know, there are limits to what we're supposed to do. Don't forget, it's a juvenile uh, species. So you're kind of to, like I said, like you're you're playing with a baby and the baby cannot defend itself. Mm-hmm. and so but the baby ends up growing up in that room oh by the way did you see that movie room um if anybody's seen it um uh, it's an amazing story it's just called room
1: i know about, what you you're talking about but no i have not seen it
2: uh, yeah yeah it's about actually a child that you know is born i think and grows up in a room because he was they were a prisoner anyway so just to say that This then the the species evolves with this uh, um, mentality of being prisoner Um, and so with that evolves you know so so when that started to happen other groups you know of course felt that this wasn't the right thing to do and so Uh that's the reason why now we end up with different groups that are completely uh, you know in conflict um, some of them are have been part of the game for so long that they don't even know it they don't even know what else is out there um and other beings are extremely conscious of this whole thing and how it evolved and they're trying to help and stop it and so this is kind of where we're at right now it's uh, these different groups of beings doing different things trying to fix the problem
1: does that make sense yes absolutely and for people that have claimed that they've been abducted mm. as in basically being physically taken and have they ever talked to you about anything like that as far as whether they do it or whether other groups do it or why would they do it? Um, because I imagine there's a school of thought that say, okay, well, maybe they're here, they observe us, but that's all they do or if they have contact with us, it's not so intrusive and then you get the ones, the people that are saying, you know, abduction sometimes throughout childhood into adulthood or once, et cetera, et cetera. And is it just that we're talking different groups?
2: Yeah, absolutely, that's exactly it. So there are some groups that are here just observing, others here helping, but just not really interfering and Mm -hmm. others absolutely interfering, um, you know, not even uh, completely uh, dismissing your free will and uh, and doing abductions. So in the film, ET Contact, my latest film, we mm-hmm. actually uh, have interviewed several abductees and they tell us their experience. And so, um, because, uh, you know, I don't know if I mentioned it, but through, you know, the years uh, doing work on consciousness but uh, that helped me and because i could see the cell energy very clearly i work with different people individuals and groups and i i help them kind of release uh, the trauma reverse the trauma uh-huh. and, and kind of go into the subconscious mind and kind of do that sort of work as well okay. and so so when we were interviewing uh you know the folks who said i was abducted most, I want to say that most of the time, um, there was absolutely an actual abduction, uh, experience. And in fact, I can see the ships myself and I can see what happens on the ships. Wow. So, yeah, so I can tell, um, and, and I, you know, I had the experience now kind of was in there with them, uh-huh. um. So uh, I want to say about seventy percent of the story is hundred percent accurate, but then the rest of it, it's not that it's not ag- that they're lying or anything, but it's more that they project um, some of their personal um, kind of yes. perspective, and it's not that they're doing it to deceive you or anything. Uh-huh. It's a, a, a coping mechanism. So, for example they say that they're abducted, they look around, there's other people there, then they're taken into a room and then there's like this, usually that's the typical scenario that um, there's some, uh, some sort of electronics or some sort of devices, you know, it's usually all light and not kind of machines like we have. And it's usually some sort of medical uh, examination And uh, most of them say uh, they took some of my eggs or some of my semen or, you Uh know, some sort of things like that. And so I feel that because it's kind of an intrusive, obviously, uh, and uh, forceful experience, some of the details uh, get a little bit uh, diluted or uh, confused around, uh, you know, the story. So I think. So I feel like it's their coping mechanism because it's 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 a tr- it's a trauma, you know. Yes. But uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's very very interesting. Uh, most of the folks that we've interviewed had, even though they were taken by force, but they also had a positive experience. Oh. Because, okay. Yeah, because they kind of felt at home when they were on the ship. They recognized some of the beings, okay. um, they were not afraid. Uh, they did not, even though some eggs were taken, um, mm-hmm. but it was kind of energetic. It wasn't, you know, so, so it's very interesting that, That's, uh, yes. a lot of the folks have, a, have, a, you know, even though they get on the ship and things like that, but it ends up being a positive experience. I'm not saying everyone. Has right,
1: right. Experience. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and, and uh, because, you know, I consider myself a subconscious behaviorist, so I, I have a pretty good understanding of, about how the subconscious works as far as mm-hmm. human behavior is concerned. And what a lot of people don't recognize, especially in these situations where people block out a lot of the uh, abduction yeah. experiences, especially if they end up being unpleasant. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, you know, your perception is your reality but everybody's different. So for example, those people where for them, it was a very horrible or degrading experience. Every individual is different, but usually what the mind does is that it will do everything to protect your sanity, including not letting you remember something right away. And that's why I think sometimes some people start recovering those memories later in life, if they ever do. Sometimes people are never fit to remember because the mind will always try to protect itself. And that's sometimes where you have those people, I'll say that that it starts with just some, you know, the dreams, they'll start having these dreams about that experience. And that's kind of like your mind trying to give you, okay, I think you're ready to remember now as to what happens. But people don't realize that if something's really that traumatic, like you said before, your mind will really try very hard not to remember it because especially if they think for some reason you're, you're fragile and you're not going to handle it well. That's exactly
2: st- so it exactly what you said. It, it happens in stages like a dream first and mm-hmm. then some sort of deja vu type thing. And then, yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and that's why. And, and, I, and I guess my point being, I think that there's people out there that have had that experience and never remember it for whatever reason. And it happened, they just never remember it. And then you have the other people that... Maybe, like you said, their experience was maybe scary, but at, but but at the same time, they felt okay, like they could handle it. And then there's others that maybe later on in their life, they're ready. They, they, they can handle, they can process it to use a very, you know, and they're not going to totally wig out, even though from when you hear these stories, it's like one door opens the other. Once they're aware of this information, then they want to know what happened. How did that happen? And, or then they start realizing that it happened maybe more than once. Um, yeah so and that puts them on a whole different uh i know that for some people this like it's something that that you obviously you live with but it's always a big question in your life as as far as who why you know why me that kind of thing and, yeah
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: and let me ask you carolyn when you said um as far as the, the contact that they've had with us, is this, do you think, whether it's the, the spiritual or otherwise, is it eventually preparing us for at one point that they will not have to be behind the scenes? That
2: Well, the, like I said earlier, I think they're meant to be behind the scenes. You're okay. meant to um, you know, stay in communication and contact with your own lineage. But what happens is that nobody tells us this, nobody understands, right. even how, nobody even understands how you incarnate, I mean, they know how you get a baby, how a baby mm-hmm. can be, yeah. but nobody understands anything about consciousness, how the consciousness occupies the body, when does the, the consciousness come in the body, and then what happens, where did it come from? Where does the consciousness, is it like floating in space? Like, how, you know, so because nobody tells us any of this, and we're very poorly educated. We're not educated, you know. Right. And then, of course, we don't, we, by, when, by the time we talk about spirit, everybody's like rolling their eyes. What are they really talking about? But actually, we are meant to come very consciously incarnate in a human body. And there is a prenatal contract. You decide. There's, there's no, uh, yes. there's no- You decide which, you know, where you're going to be born, how you're going to be born, who are your parents, who you're coming with, it's all um, a very conscious process and then once you incarnate, I mean this is a whole very uh, kind of a different type of conversation, how your consciousness breaks down and why you end up forgetting. You don't forget because you, you know, it's it's kind of a vicious game. You forget because right. you're breaking down your consciousness from um, being kind of in, in this infinite vacuum to a very finite body. And so it, it's all about frequencies. And anyway, so uh, you come into this body, and then uh, by definition, you end up forgetting a lot of the previous experience. But Uh, the fact that your human brain forgets for a short time doesn't mean that that lineage is gone. It just means you're not aware. So I feel that, you know, for a time you forget um, and then eventually you're supposed to remember and reactivate and re-kind of align yourself with your original lineage and bring uh, all of that information, all this frequency consciously. And so to me, at the end of the day, everybody on planet earth Mm -hmm. is having an experience
1: (laughs) let me ask you is it possible that somebody that does a past life regression under regression under hypnosis will regress into a lifetime on another planet in other words in a non-human lifetime
2: all the time i see this all the time that's what i do actually okay and so I can, most of the time I see um, uh, somebody is struggling with something and as you well know since you work with with the subconscious and mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that uh, you know sometimes it's it's some sort of trauma in a past life yes but what I see is the trauma is not even from a past life here the trauma is way 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 before you were ever a human mm-hmm. so think of I mean so that takes you back to a whole different i mean level of consciousness and so 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 going back to something very important that you you, you mentioned and that we were talking about which is you know do we all like it's, I think everybody is still connected okay. everybody is still having a mess it have is still that that conversation that flow from their spirit lineage into their human brain is coming through, through dreams, through vision, through meditation. And I think it's depending on your individual story, your individual contract, how much, like you just mentioned earlier, you're capable, how much you can handle. Yes. And the more you can handle, the more you're gonna have these experiences become, uh, you know, conscious. And so some people come in already knowing that they can handle that much. Uh I'm not the only one, there are other people like me. Right. At a very young age were capable of handling, you know, having a being standing right there and you're talking back and forth and nobody Uh else hearing and things like that. And so, so for those kind of people, it's usually to, you know, carve the way, to lead the way into this sort of understanding, um, you know, but everybody is still connected to their spirit lineage. No exception, that's how it works.
1: Right, and I imagine also that, like you said, that that, that sometimes, you know, the 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 soul or spirit uh, picks and choose the circumstances that they're gonna incarnate. So I imagine also that has to do with, of course, your environment you know what they call nature versus nurture it has to i guess affect your ability or willingness to remember to experience certain things um as far as like in in let's say in your case that you have this direct communication uh with since childhood you know all the way into adulthood and then you will get maybe some child that maybe because of their environment they were at that let's say at that age at five years old this they 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 wouldn't be able to handle it the way you did every everything is different so I imagine like I understand what you're saying that it's going to depend on what are the circumstances and the emotional makeup or mental makeup of that individual person at that time
2: but also you decide beforehand that's right right So so if your story is that, look, I'm going to go down and be in this body and I'm going to completely forget everything and I'm Mm going to kind of just reawaken gradually, but I'm going to be able to handle, you know, kind of coming in contact with spirit maybe every three, four years or something like that. So you kind of beforehand you know that in your case you're going to be able to handle it at the age of five this is going to happen at the age of seven uh, seven this happens at the age of ten whatever and we're talking about the main important events. we're not talking about what's right
1: yeah the military yeah Yeah.
2: Yeah. and so because of that you're going to choose the circumstances that will allow that so if you are meant to have a, a very powerful positive experience uh, you're gonna choose an environment, maybe parents or friends, or who are gonna like be there, but kind of be oblivious and kind of leave you alone or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, sometimes yeah. that's a good thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you know, and if you're not meant to awaken, you're gonna create an environment coming in that's mm-hmm. not gonna even allow you to explore it until at a later time. You you see what I mean? So yes
1: kind of works
2: together. We're a lot more conscious.
0: In
1: South Dakota,
0: we're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide-open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com. We did it again.
2: contract and and the bigger events in our life than we think.
1: Right. Yeah. I know. As far as just, just, we just don't remember it. Exactly. Right. And and of course that makes sense because it kind of like if, in other words, being aware of what, maybe how many uh, hundreds, thousands, who knows many years of prior incarnations, whether they're human uh, lifetimes or who knows. I think it would just distract from the purpose of what you're doing, or that you, like you said, you agreed to beforehand, before incarnation into a human body.
2: Yeah and and it's it's uh, you know it's actually I mean you're supposed to forget like I mentioned earlier because it's just too much information it's like mm-hmm. you've incarnated thousands and thousands of time and then you're trying to figure out what you know what this earth is about it's like you can't, it's not necessary for you to be remembering everything about your entire existence so prior existence that's one thing it's hard to focus on your human life and create it that's one of the reason why um, it's it's useful to remember and also another thing is we are when you come in as a human you're part of a matrix I mean time space continuum that's unique to the earth that's different than other planets and other you know galaxies or whatever and so The idea is to experience this awakening and creating your reality within this time space. In other words, you know, when you're in spirit form, you think of something and it just happens. You know, it's just, you know, everything, you're tapping to everything. But the idea is that you're here in this human form, operating within a time-space continuum, and that automatically is going to give you this, this, uh, I mean, this experience, the illusion of time and space, and therefore, the not knowing. In other words, if I think about this, if you know exactly every single thing that's gonna happen every single minute of your life, like. Who's gonna knock on the door? What you're gonna eat? How you're gonna feel? How you?
1: So why do it? <laughs> It'd be yeah, so boring.
2: Exactly. Why do it?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's absolutely. Kind
2: of, it's like you crunch your entire life into uh, into nothingness, into this instant knowing of mm-hmm. everything, and so it defeats the purpose of existing with that within time, space, where things unfold. Uh, through time space, gradually, in this gradual manner, I guarantee people complain that, you know, they want, you know, psychic information, like, what's going to happen this, and who's going to say that to me tomorrow, yeah. and they might meet this guy, and, I- uh, and, and, and again, you, you kind of, it defeats the purpose to know everything about everything. That's the point of forgetting.
1: Well, yeah, no, well, that's the, for example, psychic advice, it's only great when they tell you what you want to hear, if they don't, like, (laughs) what a bad psychic, (laughs) because, of course, you know, you're hoping for a certain, you know, scenario to play out. Now, let me ask you, Carolyn, in these conversations that you've had or this knowledge that they've imparted, are they traveling interdimensionally? Are we talking, and I know for us humans, everything is linear, you know, or are we talking that they have found some way... To bend time and distance in a way, of course, that we don't know or understand.
2: You mean uh, the the seas Is, do they it. travel?
1: Are they, in other words, can they project themselves spiritually without physically being here? Uh, yeah. If they do, do they do they do it interdimensionally, or are we talking time and distance, like you said? These stars, normally, have, you know, we look at them as far as the way we understand light year travel. It would be Way, you know, or have yeah. they found a way to basically travel these distances in a very short time, not the way we understand it?
2: Yeah, of course, the travel is instantaneous, it's the whole technology that we have. Based on propulsion doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, to go back to your question, when you know the typical scenario is when somebody passes, you know, when they die, mm-hmm. they shed the physical form. Usually, within three and a half days, um, they the the consciousness, uh, you know goes through a, um, sort of a, um, another, it kind of continues to exist, but within the planet, the earth plane. Okay. And so, um, and so the earth plane is actually, uh, if people are interested, they need to look at, well, actually in the film, I have an animation of the earth planetary grid, which actually divides time and space and explains how dimensions work. And, um, and how you how there are specific uh, black holes and wormholes mm-hmm. that are specifically uh, positioned, if you will, throughout the planet. Obviously, it's it's a harmonic. Okay. And so, okay. what happens? So those uh, wormholes allow you to transition from uh, you know a. Three-dimensional existence uh-huh. into another uh, pocket, let's say okay. a, another frequency range. But you're still within the Earth plane. If you can, this Earth grid, if you can imagine that it expands, it wraps around the planet um, at seven, uh, five to seven thousand miles above the surface of the Earth. So, okay. if you can imagine this whole matrix, if you will, uh-huh. around the planet, so. And within this matrix, you have a bunch of all these wormholes and all these things. So when you die, you go through one of these wormholes and then you transition into this this extra uh, additional, um, another dimensional space so that
1: okay.
2: you're no longer in physical form, but you are still close enough to the human form mm-hmm. uh, because you're within this uh, matrix this uh, earth grid matrix uh, within close to the frequency of humans and so that's in this case it's usually after three and a half days um, in this case uh, the the deceased relative is actually physically here meaning they are, um, they can still go through this wormhole, make themselves um, appear to the, I've had so many people tell me that, oh, my grandfather died, but he came to me the next day and told me he was okay. Right. Yes.
1: I've heard that so often myself. Yes.
2: Yeah. And so because they're still here within these three and a half days, they're still, they can still do that, if you will. But then Uh once they pass these wormholes and they are in a different dimensional field, uh, then it depends. Most of the time, they have to reincarnate again. There is a kind of a time period uh-huh. and so where they, you know, they cleanse and they, you know, kind of go through their right. whole, uh, you know, uh, cleansing of all the stuff they haven't completed or what have you. And then they prepare themselves to reincarnate again. Uh, but they stay within this uh, earth grid uh, matrix. And so... So when they're communicating with us, they still feel very close because mm-hmm. they are part of the of this of this matrix. However, uh, sometimes uh, the some folks who are done uh, with this human experience and they, they don't have to reincarnate anymore. Right. They use these wormholes, and now uh, specific uh, wormholes allow them to to transfer their consciousness back. To whatever the Pleiades, Andromeda, what, whatever.
1: Okay, the origins <laughs> of. Okay.
2: Exactly. So you, back, you go back home, basically. And so um, now you, uh, and of course, we're talking about uh, instantaneous consciousness transfer it's through, through wormholes. It, it's just all of it is connected. There's no, you know, linear time. So they're there. Right. So so now when they go back to their planet of origin. I can guarantee 99.99% of the time, they have no interest, uh, no desire to ever connect back. Even though you were extremely close to mm-hmm. a, mother or a friend or what have you. Right. But it's, it's, it's kind of you're back to your original state of consciousness and it's kind of like you've moved on.
1: Yes. And it's something
2: very difficult for humans to to come to terms with that, you know, like, oh, how come, we're, you know, my mother were so close and now, so, but it's the truth, because once you are in that state of consciousness, um, it's actually hard for you to come back and communicate again. So that's a typical scenario. I mean, again, it, it, it doesn't mean that you don't ever communicate, it just means that's a typical scenario. But then if you do communicate, then now you're in the Pleiades, and then you're not physically here, but you are. Uh, your consciousness can uh, send the telepathic message anywhere in the universe, and of course, uh, uh, in you know, to the to the the person that's uh, the relative that's still in
1: human form. Or the person that but, wants to. Yeah. You know.
2: and I know that because I work with so many people who you know say you know, can you help me? My mother just died, and I can see. And she, they say, well, I feel her here. And I could tell sometimes she's literally there because it's very close to the time she's passed. Uh-huh. But at The time she's not even there. They are. She's she's simply uh, sending that uh, telepathic um, communication that is tapped into the consciousness of the person I'm working with, so that the person thinks or feels that they're there.
1: Because I'm I'm guessing, like you said, that once beyond those seventy-two hours, where you know you have you retain your self awareness of that person of who you were in that lifetime, in other words,, yeah. but I'm thinking this would be equivalent to let's say your parents, like you said, the mom dad they yeah. they've moved on and it's like you know when you're on vacation that you're having a great time this um let's say you have adult children and you're on a cruise and you're having a great time, and your kids are calling you going, "Hey, what are you doing??" It's like, "I'm fine, stop bothering me, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know." <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. They don't usually. They don't want to be bothered. Right. I I
1: mean, I'm fine. Just do your thing, and I'm doing mine. Bye.
2: Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And most of the and. Some people have a hard time with this yeah. one because they think, well, how come, you know? It, but really, it's a different state of consciousness and, um, and, and sometimes the person, you know, who's still alive, you know, who wants to communicate with their dead mother is just feeling information that's still in their own consciousness. Basically, right. it's in memory. Yes of oh, exactly. the mother exactly. the mother is not
1: even there yeah. right yeah it's just like the, the sometimes they're going through the stages of grief and it's something just to get them through that next whatever is going on with them let me ask you carolyn in these communications that you've had with these this collective group you know now there's a lot of talk about as far as the future of ai artificial intelligence mm. with humans et cetera. i wonder how they look at that because you know, there's, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the that, that theatrical fear that everybody has, like since everybody saw the Terminator in the 80s of Skynet, where artificial intelligence basically uh, takes over and humans are, you know, under the heel of AI. Have they ever said to you, is that a possibility? Or is that just something that will integrate as humans, but we're still... The most important on the species on the planet, I guess, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you asked me this question because uh, I'm going to start lecturing about that. This is okay. a very okay. important topic because AI is definitely creeping up I'm on, on us. You know, like we think, oh, is very cute. You know, she, you ask her, where's the closest restaurant? Uh-huh. And so people don't realize the danger of, of that, and so it starts to creep up on you as a as a very uh, fun or helpful uh, machine that can do this and that. But it's really, I mean, there are people. There are now robots in Japan uh, mm-hmm. that are. Um, when you go to a hotel, you check in. It's a robot. It's not a human. Wow. Uh, everything is becoming uh, you know you they, they're taking digital imprints uh, of your fingerprints yes. uh, that has all sorts of information your banking information so when you come in the country uh, you know your passport your credit card everything is in your fingerprint in this uh-huh. one. Country. So that you can just enjoy yourself and check into any restaurant, uh, any hotel, right. go to any restaurant and just, you know, do a fingerprint thing and see how practical that is. I mean.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's very there, invasive too.
2: Exactly. Saudi Arabia is uh, giving uh, citizenship to a robot. So <laughs> I don't see, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, and so so yeah. it's They're- creeping up. So before we know it, I mean, in a few yeah. years, it's okay. So anyway, but to go back to your question, uh, it is um, an absolute reality. Uh, it is definitely happening, and I feel what's going to happen is that there's going to be a coexistence uh, of you know we're we're going to see that happening, and we are seeing it happen. Um, and I think there's going to be a strong divide um, in the sense that the people who are really aware of growing organic consciousness Uh uh, are going to have to kind of really focus on that um, to make sure that that does not become their reality. And uh, those who really believe in artificial intelligence are going to let that happen so that eventually I feel that there's going to be, uh, like it's, literally, uh, reality is going to start splitting up. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about right. over 100 years.
1: Uh-huh. No, no, uh, I understand. And yeah, I think I- that you, 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 you said it very aptly. You know, we kind of, for lack of a better word, we get seduced uh, yeah. because of the convenience, because, you know, and at some point, robotics will take over, like drudge work, you know, the stuff that's mind-numbing, whether it's manufacturing or, or even housework you know, that kind of thing. And then before you know it, it's very invasive. And I'll give you a perfect example. In my acupuncturist office, um, everybody that works there does a thumbprint when they go in and out of the office. No Mm -hmm. more, no more stamp, you know, time. I know the card stamping that's long ago. And when I was in the workplace, regular workplace, you know, it was basically on the honor system. You know, we had a card basically if we, you know, if it was after hours to get on the elevator. But outside of that, you were there if you were supposed to be there. And when I remember when the first time I saw it with a thumbprint, yeah, it was like, okay, what? Yeah. Yeah
2: it's it's crazy I mean so so it's definitely creeping up and it's definitely happening but but so also going back to the question my you know the beings that I you know that are here and assisting mm-hmm. this whole evolution you know we're not talking about over the next five years or ten years you know you have right. to look at it in terms of the evolution of humanity over 100 and 200 years. So I think there's gonna be a lot of weirdness, definitely, <laughs> yes. with the coexistence of this whole thing. But, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, many years, then you mm-hmm. this will help the, you know, discernment between, okay, organic consciousness versus artificial intelligence, and this will split up, I feel like, the the two realities down the road in a very uh, organic way. but. Uh, but just a quick side note mm-hmm. um, if that's okay I'm working with yes. a lot of, uh, yeah with several scientists right now for doing different experiments uh, one of the experiments is in a film if people want to watch that but this is just nothing compared with what we're doing right now but it's basically uh, demonstrating how consciousness is capable of uh, literally changing physical reality so oh. we're so we're yeah so we're we have all these measurable actual uh, measurable results of uh, where okay so my consciousness is focused on this machine well mm-hmm. I can I can if I focus it that way well the machine shuts off or does something else
1: and if mm-hmm. you know I mean?
2: so we're kind of conducting those sorts of scientific experiments and really? things like that, and they're working so this is kind of a bit of a side note that um, it is such a big belief system that consciousness mm-hmm. is this little kind of insignificant thing. When in oh, fact, no,
1: no, 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 no exactly,
2: exactly. When consciousness actually is capable of uh, mastering of you know physical reality in ways that are so unbelievable.
1: All so, right, so what you're talking here is manifestation. The consciousness not manifestation but actually being able to affect what you're describing let's say a mind piece of machinery in other words almost like pk ability i want to say or not exactly that
2: mind over matter
1: mind over matter wow
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i believe it
2: yeah and that's, I think that's what's going to happen with that, you know, this whole arrival of the artificial intelligence and, you know, understanding how to, how your consciousness, uh, what it's capable of doing. And you see how those two kind of schools of thoughts are going to be very um, discern, I mean, clear, you know, it's either this way or that way.
1: Well, <laughs> so I, think, I think that, that, that I the humans for a long time have underrated them, like you said, the ability... Of the human mind or consciousness. It's like, yeah. I think, because we get too scattered too easily sometimes as far as concentration or focus.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So that's the reason why I'm going to start actually for, you know, because I'm also, I still do conferences and things like that. Uh And so, actually, the topics is very much that, you know, preparing people how to handle what's coming and how it's kind of creeping up. Yes. Um, Strengthening, you know, the consciousness and, you know, doing all these scientific uh, research and experiments. um, You know, that's what I'm focusing on, actually.
1: Yeah. And, and and I think also, because let's face it, you know, bef- it's almost seems like a technology is speeding up. Like, whereas before there was advancements, but it was much slower paced. In other words, people like, okay, things are advancing, but it's slower. But nowadays, I think, and in a way, it's very stressful for most humans if they are surrounded by technology, where it seems that you're always off balance a little bit because things sometimes advance so quickly so rapidly that you kind of like there is no learning curve
2: yeah
1: uh and that's why I think people sometimes wig out with good reason by the way because it's like I don't even understand the technology from yesterday and now today you're telling (laughs) me that that's not now we got something new to take its place
2: yeah exactly and that's why it's creeping up on us yes so because it's like you don't have time to like oh, we had the iPhone and Siri, now we have this. Oh, this not. <laughs> yeah, not exactly,
1: yeah. exactly, it takes me some time. And let's face it, human beings, we are, for us to feel kind of like, okay, we need our little routine of something, as far as that, you know, when you get used to working with something or knowing something, it kind of like gives you, makes you feel centered. But when everything is always constantly changing, you feel off balance, and for human beings, I think it stresses you out to never find a moment where you're like, "Okay, I've, I'm okay. I'm, I'm. I can handle this." You know, we're we're. Let's face it, we're resistant to change a lot.
2: Of course, and that's the reason why you have to go back to the to your core. You have to have a strong. Uh, you know, routine, actually, you know, mm-hmm. meditation, mind quieting, breathing, I mean, all of that is very important, spiritual hygiene, I call it, you know, um, so to so that you don't lose your balance, so that you don't get overwhelmed, like you're saying.
1: Yes, yes, and it seems, unless you live in a very remote village somewhere where you have little, and even then, you, you see sometimes uh, news from very remote places, and they still have cellular phones there, I mean, they're not yeah. inundated, but Even there, you know, you can't escape it. But anyway, Carolyn, I want to thank you so, so much for uh, this interview. It has been absolutely fascinating. Uh, Not only the work you've done, but what you're telling me, the project that you are working on as far as the ability of human consciousness to affect or manifest in the physical, you know, however it is that you're doing the experiments. Plus also what you described as far as the impact of AI because as much as people don't like it, we're going to have to deal with it.
2: Absolutely.
1: There's no escaping it. So, yeah. Thank (laughs) you so, so much. You have been wonderful, fascinating. I would love to bring you back uh, maybe in a few months. I don't know if, especially I'm telling you that project with the artificial intelligence, I speak to a lot of people who, like I said, like the idea of convenience as in but at the same time are thinking is this ever going to be the worst decision that humans made as far as uh, allowing development of artificial intelligence to such a degree that they subjugate humans I guess is what everybody fears eventually you know
2: that's absolutely very relevant topic very important
1: (laughs) again thank you so much and good luck on all of your projects
2: thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: Wow, guys. That was... I'm telling you. Oh, my God. You know what? Everybody... She's got so many interesting topics. Starting from what happened to her as a child. Uh, That is... You know, like I said, you know, some people handle it, some people don't. And, she, you know, I understand very well that we're not the same. And, and it's good that we're not the same. But that individuality or that difference allows us to handle certain things physically and or mentally, emotionally, in different ways. Some people can handle things. Let's say trauma. Some people can handle it. Some people can handle it, but you got to give them a time to process it like one year two years depends on what they experience a trauma some people never can never can sometimes because they have other episodes in their life and it's just because we're all different we're all different and then you have people who will recover memories and i'm not talking about alien abductions i'm talking it could just be trauma that they maybe experienced in childhood they don't process it or remember it till they're well into adulthood like i'm talking 50s 60s 70s it's when they start having unusual dreams or something triggers them and then these memories start coming back sometimes it takes people that long to remember and then start processing it because maybe it took that long for the subconscious mind to say you know what If you start recovering these memories, you're going to be able to handle it. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. You might get scared, but it's not going to make you insane. And that's when I say that your mind tries to protect you, tries to protect your sanity. And everybody's got different thresholds of what will put them over the edge permanently. Uh, And the mind doesn't want that. Sometimes, unfortunately, some human beings, they're exposed or they experience certain trauma that is very hard to come back from. Uh, or, dan- or 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 producing some type of mental illness that you know that affects them for the rest of their lives. But sometimes um, the mind says, you know, for the time being, we're going to put this away. And the years go by. And depending on what happens with that person, that information will come back up. And in some cases, it never ever does. It never does because that person bringing that information forward would utterly uh, destroy their mind, their sanity. And she made mention of towards the end, which I think that is like, I mean, let's face it. I know as a hypnotherapist, human beings are very resistant to change. It's very simple. In our minds, change is equal to pain. And we're very basic pain or pleasure and it, for us change equals pain because it's the unknown so we're very kind of resistant to change and after a while you learn how to navigate those waters and push yourself forward and get to the uncomfortableness you know like when you start a new job or let's say you go to a school or something and you're you don't know anybody and you don't know what they're thinking or what they're saying and you feel really uncomfortable and you don't like it then before you know it, a week passes, two weeks pass, three months, a year, four, Yeah, somewhere along the line, you know, that fades away, but that uncomfortableness makes you almost like, I want to go home. I want to go to my comfort zone. Uh, you You know, you learn to work through that. Some people, they don't like that uncomfortableness, so they resist change. And what she was talking about as far as AI, the point I'm trying to make is, I'm not kidding, guys, you know. You know, nowadays, they've got a lot of shows about extraterrestrials. As a matter of fact, the Ancient Aliens is one of them. Back in December of now of 2017, the government admitted to funding a program to try to identify UFOs, whether they're from this planet or another one. Hey, that's the first admission I've heard of. So all of a sudden, what some people think of as like, yeah, OK, yeah, there's UFOs, whatever, is like, OK, well, somebody spending money in the government to find out if they're real does that mean because yes of course they have had experiences and captured footage of crafts that just do not work like any of the ones we know about now you have that you have how fast technology speeds along um same thing with ai like she said giving citizenship to a robot what is that (laughs) okay so human beings uh for us It's speeding along, I think, too fast. not Not only do we sometimes we're kind of like dig our heels in with a change thing, but and then you could say, ah. But in this case, I think that human beings have good reason to be feeling a little bit off balance. Which, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that a lot of the people that are super stressed out today is because of this. Remember, I come from a generation yeah we had phones in my when i was a kid <laughs> no not that but i my in my lifetime i've seen and i've experienced where i had one phone in the house in the kitchen and, you know and we lived in a city it's not like we lived in the middle of nowhere okay then and as a matter of fact i worked for many years in the telecommunications industry okay and then you know little by little you saw the first computers, MS-DOS, beepers, emails, you know, I've gone through that whole range of technology that's progressed and progressed and progressed, you know, answering machines, and all of a sudden the phones with you before, you know, when they had those block phones that you had to be really, really rich, that those block phones, because they were, first of all, they were really expensive, or if you had one installed in your car, before you knew it, everybody had a phone The flip side of that is you were expected to answer the phone. Okay, I remember nowadays most people that work um, for different companies or agencies, they got GPS transponders on your vehicle. Okay, talk about monitoring. Okay, now can you imagine? um, I mean, in other words, I've seen the the progression of AI because really what it boils down to is AI because what happens is all these things that are going on in the industrialized world as far as this a lot of it is driven because it's just too much for a human being to monitor that they have what they call bots or things to monitor and to you know pick up well, in some cases depending on what industry it is algorithms or hey this happened or you know hey that workman that we have in this truck that's supposed to be at this address, why are they at that address? That kind of thing. And after a while, for human beings, this can wig you out and with good reason. And that project that she's talking about, I, I think that's super interesting as to how we're going to handle it in the future. Like she said, even, you know, and I think a lot of human beings are now kind of putting their brakes on because it's like, yeah, it's great. You know, if I had a robot that came and did my housework or does the drudge work, but man, do I have to wear that one day? <laughs> let's let's take a scene from my robot. <laughs> you know, my robot decides, sit down. You're not going anywhere. Physically, they're made of metal. They're more powerful than you are. Or <clears throat> or Terminator. Let's do the Terminator version. We have a, an AI super super duper computer become self-aware and Basically take everything over because all of our systems that run our cities, our government, everything are computerized. Because that's really what the theory is of what was about Skynet. That it would become take over. and since it was already basically hooked up to everything that we depend on to run our lives in the modern world. Uh, that's how they were able to do it. Going to be very interesting it's very interesting i i think robotics does have a future for us absolutely because it is it has sprung up from out of our intelligence but at the same time i can see where sometimes certain things are done or invented without really thinking to in other words the invention is, well, it will solve this problem, but sometimes I don't think they look beyond is well, it'll solve that problem, but what other problems are going to come with, once you, yeah, you solve that problem, but in place of that one, now you have three other more severe problems as a consequence of that, is my point, you know, like this is like, you know, sometimes when they'll introduce a species of, animal or insect to an environment trying to take care of thing and then that thing does that but then it becomes more invasive than the original invasive species it was they were trying to eliminate that kind of thing like it grows heads and I think sometimes um it's you know in the sciences sometimes and I mean i mean it, it, and it's not even uh the robotics you know there's a lot of stuff going on with the human genome as far as uh she mentioned it I mean sometimes it's the begs the question where are we getting these ideas from you know she's here talking that we have a connection through lineage through distant planets in other galaxies and also that there's human hybrid products as far as humans and then you hear now not only of AI but some of the sciences going and doing uh, work with the human genome in other words let me use another Hollywood example because it kind of uh, picture paints a thousand words the island of Dr. Moreau uh, where we're working with not a hybrid hybrid of human and animal and you might think well I'm going to give you a perfect example a few months ago I had a conversation with a priest who was a professor at a university in one of the I was asking him what classes he was teaching and he explained to me that he was doing a class for bioethics I said bioethics how interesting I said what is that class about per se he goes well this is about the ethics of when they start doing work exactly like that in laboratories with either cloning or human genomes or in that case He gave me an example. I believe it was in a lab out of the United States in Spain where they were working with uh, splicing human and pig. Pig, yes, like oink, oink. Uh, Bioengineering, something along those lines. I was like, what? And I said, but why are they doing that? He says, because they want to prove they can. And that to me was like, again, Okay, you want to do it because you want to do it. Be- and then what? That's, uh, you know. And I'm going to give you a, a story. I'm going to go real quick before I end the show. This was many, many years ago. I don't know if you all remember that Omni magazine. I still believe it's published. I'm not sure. I lost track of the actually publisher. It's still just uh, on the internet. But anyway, Omni magazine for many years. I think this was back in the 90s when I read this article. You know, it was always posting articles about science discoveries or things that they were working on and this was right around the time that they were starting to really unlock the secrets of DNA and the human genome and I remember the article it was describing how in the future they were considering being able to clone a human being and I'm sure you guys have heard of this but back then in the 90s this was like when I read it I was like man this is this just doesn't sound right where they would clone a human genome. A human being in other words take out the part of the brain uh in other words manipulate it so that in other words it would only have the part of the brain that you need for the body to stay alive the breathing function you know the, the, the to keep the respiration blah blah but all the other part of the brain that makes you who you are your individuality would not be there and that the idea for this was that this body was going to provide body parts and organs. And I'm sure that there's been theories even of like if you're super duper uber rich that you just get a, a clone of your body in case you ever need a spare part, whatever it might be. But like I said, this was back in the nineties when I read this article in Omnian, I was like really disturbed and I'm pretty open minded because believe it or not, it's not that they could do it because let's see let's face it, the writing's been on the wall as, as far back as when they started cloning sheep. Surprise is now a lot of these labs are held by private firms. You know, it's not like a university that, that, that depends on grant money. They've got companies with deep, deep pockets who fund these labs, and sometimes they'll take them out of the U.S. or any type of supervision. But anyway, I was like, okay, so, all right, just because they cut out that part of the brain or they engineered the cloned body not to have that part of the brain that makes us sentient or us, but then it has that part of the brain that keeps the body alive, but does that does that body still have a soul just because it doesn't have a, a self-awareness? It was like, oh man, that's an ugly rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. And I think that sooner versus later, we're going to be faced with a lot of predicaments like that, whether it's with engineering human beings for the future or, I don't know, human beings for the future, artificial intelligence, our contact with beings from, whether it's other planets, other worlds, other dimensions. Oh, wow. But anyway, let's hand this on a more happy note. Let me show you something. Oh, wait a minute. Come here. Well, guys, you know who this is? This is my latest addition. Okay, I haven't named him him yet. He's so cute. Here he is. Here he is. Let me give you a little bit of backstory to this baby. Uh, Back in March, I rescued a rescue. You know, I I follow all the rescue, you know, pet. You know, when people lose their pets on the Internet, they post them. I saw this little dog and I contacted the people that found her. They were trying to find the owners. I said, look, if you can't find the owners and you can't keep her, let me know sure enough about a month later two or three weeks they contacted me and they said look we've taken her to the vet she has no chip we have posted signs all over the place we've put her on this different internet sites for when people nobody's come forward for her we can't keep her etc make a long story short she was i'm gonna she's down there she's my girl she's a little white poodle you know toy standard poodle so i bring her home cute thing good girl real sweet girl and of course but she had her hair grown out. I take her to the vet because I have other dogs that get her checked out. Sure enough no chip. I start giving her vaccinations, you know, in the process the doctor said, "You know what? Let's not all do them at once. Let's let's just do them every two weeks and anyway, she looks to be in good shape." About 3 weeks ago, <laughs> I finally get her I had the groomer over for my her and my other two dogs that, you know, got the longer hair. And when they shave her, I look at her, and I go, oh, my God, she's pregnant. What happened is that she's just one of, you know, some dogs, like just like people, they pop when they're pregnant, and some she wasn't. I was like, she's pregnant. I run to my vet. They're like, yeah. She, you know, she had a tummy, a little tummy. She just wasn't a, they took an X-ray, and they found two puppies in there. Unfortunately, I had to, she ended up, uh, she couldn't birth one of them, and she had to have a a cesarean. They tried to get her one and apparently one of the puppies died because it was stuck in the birth canal. To make a long story short, if you looked at the puppy does not look like a white poodle, does it? The vet's telling me, look, I look at that puppy and this puppy looks like it looks like what she mated with was possibly either a pit bull, a larger pit bull, or an American bulldog. Because that's why as a matter of fact, the vet told me that the puppy that died was even bigger than that one at birth, and that's why she couldn't birth him. In other words, he goes, it was no poodle head that was trying to come through. So, for all those people that think that certain dogs can't mate, surprise, but anyway, that's my latest addition. I'm very happy with my new boy. So, if anybody's got suggestions for a name, probably by the time this show comes out, I'll have thought of a name. I've got a few thinking, but I'm so happy. I got scared there for a while because, and I wish both of them were survived, but yes that's my that's my good news so guys i hope you like the show thanks for coming every time that i put a show out please go to miami dot chronicles.com so you can submit your true story my true believers just go to that tab catch me on facebook twitter and instagram or if you're listening to the podcast version you can go to stitcher iHeartRadio, radio itunes uh, mixed Cloud, I'm all over the place, and just look for Miami Ghost Chronicles or Stories of the Supernatural, and you will find us there. And again, thank you so very much for being part of my audience. Take care.
0: We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right that's why there's only one best network verizon best and most reliable based on route metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined not specific to 5g networks own the road with t-mobile the leader in 5g whether you're cruising through nashville on i-40 heading down i-90 to boston or touring santa cruz in the five you'll be covered by the largest 5g network T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party umlaut from crowdsourced user experience. Data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021.